Exactly what Justin and Alec and Sid Rosenberg and Sid's family will be doing next week in their live broadcast from Jerusalem. Uh, Justin and Alec, I've already given you the Righteous Gentiles itinerary, which I hope uh, you may have some time to explore. I've been there three times, but. I know for Sid, this will be your first time back to the uh, promised land. Justin Ellick has been there many times before. His main concern is to find a gin mill where he can watch the NFL action next Sunday night. Am I right or wrong, Justin? Of course, of course. But when you fly LL, it is the most extreme measure of security that any person will ever go through. I actually uh, flew an LL flight, believe it or not, Justin Ellick, from the old East German airport in Berlin to uh, Tel Aviv and Gurion Airport, in which I had to go through 14 layers of questions because they wanted to know what the hell are you doing wearing a red beret. And of all places, East Berlin. And they were very thorough, extraordinarily thorough. Check you in your eyes, check every word out of your mouth, check your paperwork one, two, three, four, five times or more. And then finally, I was allowed on the flight. And even when we took off in the tarmac, you had security on both sides of us in Jeeps with machine guns right along the tarmac, knowing there might have been terrorists who wanted to blast that El Al flight out of the sky. It is the top security for flight in the world. Everybody acknowledges that. But here in America, we are a dollar short and a day late when it comes to illegal aliens. So whereas, Justin, you will have to present an acceptable form of identification to fly to Israel, or at least have your identity confirmed by multiple parties, the Transportation Safety Administration, the TSA, is permitting illegal aliens without ID to opt for an alternative identity verification process, which is on an app. An app. That means it takes the illegal aliens at their word on certain data and allows them to obtain a Department of Homeland Security document and fly out of airports. So you're going to stay online, Justin, and you've been through this before going to Israel. And you're going to be questioned multiple times, and your paperwork is going to be looked at with an election microscope. Meantime, Diego and Jose coming into America, easy pass. Don't worry about it. What? What? You, you don't have any passport or ID card when you came across the border from Mexico to Texas? 
oh, well, why don't you just tell us? Give us a minimum of information so we can enter it in the system. Do we really know who these people are? We're basing this on an app? How do we know a smuggler didn't process the information on the app for them in a very professional and cogent way? If you're a known criminal, the likelihood of you giving the same name when coming into another country, I mean, is pretty low unless you're a real schmuck and a real putz. And this is the disparity that exists now. The fact that the DHS says that all passengers have the right to opt out of automated facial recognition. Really? Okay, so Justin Alec decides he doesn't want to have his photo processed and matched with two million others on the terrorist watch list, right? But an illegal alien with no documentation can also opt out of the automated facial recognition system that has been programmed to recognize the two million photographs of people on the terrorist watch list. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, there are two ways you can fly. As a citizen, you get put through the gauntlet, and rightfully so. As an illegal alien, there is a a peripheral check, and it's all based on trust. Fake names, fake dates of birth are accepted on that app and then printed into government-issued ID cards later on, like the New York City fake phony fraudulent Fugazi ID card that was created years ago by comrade Bill de Blasio and his crooked wife, Charlene. Do we have that straight, uh, Justin? So upon your return from Israel, and hopefully you have a great trip and there will be great broadcasts, and I'm really happy for Sid because um, he was never really big into being a Jew. Never. Sort of like Bloomberg. Bloomberg always wanted to be a wasp. And when he had to be a Jew, he put the yarmulke on, made a donation. But you could see the guy wished he had been born a wasp. Uh, in the case of Sid Rosenberg, he had wished he had been born an Italian supreme cuisine with crucifixes all around his neck. I mean, that would have made us no more. October 7 changed all that. And that's good to see. And it's good to see that he'll be making his first trip to the Holy Land. Hopefully, uh, Justin, I've given you the Righteous Gentiles itinerary. You can get in one or two of those locations each morning. At 7.05, I'm on with Sid Rosenberg, Monday through Fridays. I will be giving him my Righteous Gentile itinerary until his point of departure over the weekend. But now, talking about illegal aliens... It has become at the crux, the epicenter of the only race taking place. Now, I know if you watch talk TV, if you listen to talk radio here at WABC, you're like, oh, oh, it's Trump, it's Haley and New Hampshire. Who cares? Come on. Fake drama. Haley ain't going nowhere. Come on. These are the issues that are critical. The third congressional district, which right now, According to recent polls, is a toss-up between the guy who thought he owned the seat, Tom Swazi, and the new Jack Mazzi, who's raised a family with her uh, Ukrainian Jewish husband. They both did Aliyah into Israel. They went to the University of Haifa. That's where he got his medical degree. They came to Great Neck, where all the Persian Jews live. You know, Leonard's 
Northern Boulevard. You know, come on, Justin, you've been there before. Lennox, right? Haven't you been there for bar mitzvahs, bat mitzvahs, weddings? It's right there. That's the epicenter. And now in the most recent poll, Tom Swazi is only ahead of Mozzie, the new Jack, 45-42 with Mozzie closing. And it all has to do with the fact that Swazi has been tagged, the hashtag, Sanctuary Swazi. And he can attribute this to his friendship with Andrew Evilized Cuomo, King Cuomo II, the son of Mario Facha Bruta Cuomo. Hey, I know you're listening, Andrew. You listen intently every day on our FM uh, outlet, WLIR. It reaches the East End and your compound in Southampton, owned by Fredo, your brother, pretty boy Chris uh, Cuomo. Uh, and you hit the mattresses and stir the marinara sauce as you plot your political comeback. Now that your wartime consigliere and leg breaker, Joe Pacoco, just got out of doing six years of time in federal jail for political corruption. We know you listen intently. We know you're trying to reinvent yourself, recreate yourself. We know you think that all of us are stupid and we can't remember what you said. Andrew Evilized Como five seconds ago, five minutes ago, five, um, five weeks ago, five months ago, five years ago, an eternity ago. But this will be emblazoned on you wherever you try to resurrect yourself politically. New York State is the state that says we will not cooperate with ICE. They're a bunch of thugs. He politicized ICE. They're a bunch of thugs. We said we will sue them if they violate any criminal laws in the state of New York. That was 2014 when Andrew Evilized Cohen was governor, and he didn't want his federal agency created to protect us from terrorism to operate at airports or anywhere else. He didn't want any cooperation with them. He called them thugs. And who was his partner at that time? Well, the Nassau County Executive Tom Swazi. And to the credit of Team Mozzie, that is the uh, Congressman Peter King, Al D'Amato, and Joe Cairo, they, uh, they basically did a cut and paste from the debate that Swazi had when he tried to topple Hochul in the Democratic primary to become the next governor. And he was so proud, so boastful, so brazen, busting his buttons and bridges with pride. When I was county executive of Nassau County, I kicked ICE out of Nassau County. When I was county executive of Nassau County, I kicked ICE out of Nassau County. When I was county executive of Nassau County, I kicked ICE out of Nassau County. When I was county executive of Nassau County, I kicked ICE out of Nassau County. So if you happen to be a resident of the 3rd Congressional District, which incorporates the North Shore of Suffolk, of Nassau, and Whitestone in Queens, uh, even if you're a Democrat, it doesn't matter, an independent. Just remember, Cuomo and Swazi were pro-thugs, MS-13, pro-gangbangers, pro-drug dealers, pro-terrorists, in that they vilified ICE. ICE, which is there to protect all of us. These hero men and women who never get acknowledged, who put on a bulletproof vest each and every day and go out and give out a detainer to some of the worst hombres out there. And here it is. We're on the cusp of an election, February 13th. I know there are other issues, but to me, this is the most important issue. Tom Swazi and Andrew Evilized Cuomo are on the side of thugs, of MS-13, gangbangers, drug dealers, sex traffickers, and terrorists in vilifying ICE and being proud that they kicked them out. Mozzie is on the total opposite end. 
It's an easy choice, ladies and gentlemen, February 13th. Mozzie for Congress. McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Sliwa. Curtis doesn't know about you, but he rips and reads. This is the Rip and Read. Uh, all weekend long, all we saw was photo op Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan. Mayor of the illegal aliens. By the way, Siena poll out. 58% of New York City residents polled say Eric Adams is destroying this city. The way he's handling the migrant situation. 58%. That tells you a hell of a lot. So he needs a distraction. He needs to be able to show that he's really law and order. He's really got the back of the cops, even though recently he signed brazenly, boldly bragging a consent decree that handcuffed police officers when dealing with demonstrators and gave a nice payout to members of Black Lives Matter who enhance their ability to end up buying big, large mansions and Antifa from the summer protests and riots of 2020. He was all happy. All happy. And then of late, he said recently, well, that was a big mistake. I knew when I signed the consent decree from the court that this was going to cripple the police department. So he signed it anyway, which means he really hates cops. He was always a house mouse. He always hid in the precincts. Never an active cop. Never made bus. Always looking to bust the stones of his fellow police officers. But let's go to the landscape now because he's trying to seize the mantra of being Mr. Law and Order supporting the police. Originally in a city council that he's paid no attention to and they bogarted him by getting socialist uh, elected liberals and progressives and Adams has not run candidates against them, moderate Democrats. He's basically put his hands up and said, eh, you you run the city council. No mas, no mas. I'm too busy trying to avoid being indicted and going to federal jail for corruption with Erdogan in Turkey, who was uh, whining, dining, and pocket lining me. Yeah, that's his obsession now. But he decided that he would take on his nemesis, who had always been very quiet, biding his time as the public advocate, Jumani Williams, Figuring at some point Eric Adams would either go to jail and he could become instant mayor. My God, that will be disastrous for the city. Or one day he will have an opportunity to be elected mayor over my dead body. But it was two weeks ago that Eric Adams looked at the city council and realized that their Rasputin, their Svengali on this issue, or what they call the How Many Stops Act, forcing cops basically to record Every question or conversation they have, even if it's a tourist who's lost and just needs direction in terms of finding her way, uh, he decided that, hey, he's going to take Jumani Williams head on because Jumani Williams was behind this bill. To be able to advocate 
to e- erode the ability of police to do protection when you have an ar- entire army protecting your family and you drive around with police protection. Um, and I don't know when the last time he was on the subway system. So he called Jumani Williams out, and rightfully so. Jumani Williams lives in the safest place in all of New York City as a public advocate, right in a private home on the base of Fort Hamilton, the Army base, an active garrison. And he must show ID every time he goes home to the military police or they won't let him in, even though they may have seen him a million times. He's forced to follow the rules. But I thought, ah, Jumani Williams, he'll just uh, treat this like dandruff, uh, and he'll just flick it off his shoulders, and he won't respond. But, oh, no, you you see how weak Eric Adams is now, that everyone's ready to take him on. So Jumani Williams on that day acknowledged, yeah, I live. I live on the grounds of an open military garrison, Fort Hamilton Army Base in the shadow of the Verrazano Bridge in Dyker Heights, and I'm proud of that. And then he took a shot across Eric Adams' bow. It's absurd. I, I will say I live in Brooklyn with my wife and kids, and my understanding the mayor lives in New Jersey with his girlfriend. So it's uh, funny for him to uh, try to say something like that to me. And Adams had to shut up. As everybody knows that his beard, Tracy, resides in the condo that he owns with her in apartment 22H right there in Fort Lee. Everybody knows it. I, I walked here during the campaign over the George Washington Bridge. Uh, the media didn't want to pay any attention. Before that, it was Andrew Yang. It basically uh, uh, protected Eric Adams. His complexion was his protection. But everybody knows that. All the politicals know that. But the important issue here is that this How Many Stops Act will um, render the cops even more impotent than they are now. So it would require the cops to record the race. How would you even know the race of a person? So, for instance, uh, I was at the uh, Corona VFW Hall right opposite Spaghetti Park, Parkside Restaurant. Used to be owned by Tough Tony when he was alive and the Lemon Ice King. A freezing night Saturday. And we were enrolling Latinos and Latinas to run as Republicans in that area. It's become a socialist area to take back the neighborhood. That's the future. The Latinos and Latinas, uh, they are the minority, soon to be the majority. And it, <laughs> it was so interesting because there happened to be cops there. And I said to them, I said, look at our candidate for assembly, right? Ramses, uh, he's, he's part Dominican, he's part Haitian. How would you put down what his race is? And they couldn't answer I said, and if you uh, you think his gender is male, he looks male, but if he's identifying as a female, he'll be upset, and you might be subject to a lawsuit. Age, he would have to supply that. Do you have to check it to make sure that it is credible? Ethnicity, it's, it's just asking for trouble. So I actually support the mayor on this level and support the mayor in attempting to roll back the veto where the city council, pro-criminal, pro-prisoners want to do away with solitary confinement and the bing on Rikers Island. And as I've said before, after correctional officers and our women, women of color, the inmates, they love to walk around trying to prove to the women that they're not suffering from erectile dysfunction. They're masturbating in front of them, grabbing their tuchus. And normally you do that, you get thrown in the bing. Solitary confinement. The city council, which is pro-criminal, pro-inmate, 
wants them to have a four-hour timeout in a cell and then to be released back into the general population to stalk, to harass, to continue doing these kinds of things to the female correctional officers. You would think the city council would be like, yeah, we're pro-female, this is wrong. That's misogynist, that's sexist. No, criminals can do everything. You happen to be a woman who's a cop, a correctional officer, an ICE agent involved in uh, law enforcement or public safety, you're dreck, according to the socialists, AOC, all out crazy, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. So now you would think that the uh, council has said that they will override Eric Adams' veto. And Eric Adams, instead of lobbying, all he's got to do is lobby two council people to change their votes, only two, not difficult. You bribe them. That's what politicians are about. What's in it for me? What's in it for my district? Wine me, dine me, pocket line me. I need more discretionary money. I need special projects in my city council manning district. Uh, it's not the easiest thing in the world to do, but Bloomberg did it all the time. Giuliani did it all the time. De Blasio did it all the time. In fact, the best case scenario was Bill de Blasio. And I remind, I'm reminded, uh, because I'm going to be outside of the uh, uh, New Park Pizzeria tonight from 4 to 7. I'll get into that, about migrants being invited into Old Howard Beach. I'll get into that momentarily. I'm going to be out there from 4 to 7, right outside of New Park Pizzeria. And it reminds me of the time, it was 2013, And the Republican who represented that area as the councilman was Eric Ulrich, a degenerate gambler, owed the Bonanno crime family $600,000. Everybody in the neighborhood knew it. He wouldn't hang out at New Park Pizzeria. He hung out at Aldo's on Woodhaven and Pitkin, which used to be the Alta Donna before that, where John Gotti Sr., my enemy, and the Gambinos would have 12-hour luncheons with the Queens DA, John Santucci, every month. And everybody knew it. But in this particular case, there was a brand new candidate to become speaker of the city council. Her name, Melissa Mark Viverito, hardcore socialist, defender of the machateros who wanted revolution in in Puerto Rico, the F-A-L-N. She was not going to become the speaker. It was neck and neck between her and a guy who had known, Councilman Dan Gorodnik, who was a moderate Democrat from the Upper East Side. He would have made a much better, more common-sense speaker. But Melissa Mark Viverito needed one more vote to become the speaker. And what Melissa Mark Viverito best became name, known for was being so unpatriotic, she would not stand for the National Anthem, for the Pledge of Allegiance, she basically was like Carlos Delgado. Met fans, you remember, you forgave him, Justin. So did you, wrong way, Lou Rufino, because he hit 473 home runs. But he would hide in the dugout when they played the national anthem. He would not ever, ever stand and show respect for America. And that was Melissa Mark Viverito. So Eric Ulrich went on record and said, I would never vote for her. Uh, she refuses to show any sense of patriotism. So what do you think happened, uh, Justin uh, Ellick, corrupt as he was, he got a call from uh, Comrade Bill de Blasio, the part-time mayor, the dope from Park Slope, after he had smoked a uh, a doob on the back porch of Gracie Mansion, and he made Eric Ulrich a deal. 
He gave him a committee chairmanship, and he gave him $10,000 in uh, Lulu cash. And uh, all of a sudden, the next day, Eric Ulrich, the Patriot, had an epiphany. He now was voting for the anti-American, the socialist, Melissa Mark Viverito, and our city council has been controlled by socialists ever since. So don't tell me, Eric Adams, you can't convince one or two council members to join you and to secure the veto to protect the cops and to protect the correctional officers. You just are not sitting down and making them a deal they can't refuse. You're doing press conferences, photo ops, you're running all over the city. You know, you never once see Eric Adams actually sitting behind a desk administratively trying to guide the city. So guess what? The socialists are probably going to beat them on this. That means the cops will have a tougher job. Correctional officers' jobs, which are almost impossible, will almost be at the point where they can't even perform. And Eric Adams will say, woe is me, woe is me. Because, in the bottom line, I don't think he's even trying. Curtis Lewa. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. Padre Filio, Spiritus Santo. Today, wrong way, Lou Rufino, when you drive home to the Irish Riviera, the Rockaways, up Woodhaven Boulevard. When you hit Cross Bay Boulevard, you see the big sign, Howard Beach. Just know in a few hours, starting at 4, from 4 to 7, I will be parked right at the New Park Pizzeria. Not Aldo's, the mob joint on Pitkin in Woodhaven. It used to be the Altadonna. No way. That's where Eric Adams was fundraising, and it may well be a reason that he ends up going to jail for political corruption with his very dear friend, Eric Ulrich, who I described in the last segment. But... Yesterday, Team Adams was nearby in Ozone Park as they were helping in a groundbreaking for a brand new mosque for the Nigerian community. And that's a good thing. But conversation got around from Team Adams, which is, hey, there are no mosques that are housing uh, any of the migrants. You know, we're overwhelmed. And then all of a sudden, a discussion got down to what is going to be the emergency shelter in that part, which encompasses Hamilton Beach, Old Howard Beach, New Howard Beach, Ozone Park, Broad Channel. And the discussion centered on the vacated Our Lady of Grace Auditorium, which was part of that great Catholic school, which was open and graduated so many generations of students in Old Howard Beach, no longer open. In fact, for a while, the FDNY was using the empty school as a training facility for EMTs. I don't believe that's the case any longer. It's right there on 159th Ave. I went to Our Lady of Grace many times for communions, confirmations of my extended family. My Aunt Mary, my Uncle Steve... Steve, Mary, Stacy, my cousins uh, Jeannie, Butchie, and Joey G, the cheats from Howard Beach, who have their beautiful family that they've raised there in Old Howard Beach. 
So I know the area well. So then uh, my wife, Nancy, the attorney, assisted me and did the deep dive, as she will every Tuesday and Thursday on the Rip and Read. And we began to talk with others who were involved in the fire department, and they were talking about the fact that that empty auditorium, which has been used for community events, I think most recently maybe a wrestling event of some a minor league uh, wrestling franchise to entertain uh, the adults and the children in the community would be made available as an emergency shelter for the growing number of illegal aliens, which is a menace to the Adams administration. The Siena poll came out today. 58% of New York City residents say that the migrant situation is destroying the city, and they hold Eric Adams as full, as they should. He's welcomed them in. And we do know that the Roman Catholic Church has been pro-illegal alien. Catholic Charities down at the border gets federal dollars and then helps transport the illegal aliens up to sanctuary cities and sanctuary states because they know many of them, especially from South America, Central America, Mexico, and the Dominican Republic and Haiti, are going to be Catholics, are going to feed fill the empty pews on Sunday and other days. Right now, you go to a typical parish. Oftentimes, you have the English Mass on Sunday that is first. You can roll a Brunswick bowling ball through and not even hit anybody. You have the Spanish language Mass, or for the Haitians, the Creole Mass, like at Our Lady of Miracles, where I went uh, to a church in Canarsie. It's packed. So they know their future is with the illegal aliens. And so they've encouraged them. And Catholic Charities has made money from them. So all of a sudden, uh, the Archdiocese is involved because uh, the church is still open there. And I said that I'm going, which I am, to the New Park Pizzeria today from 4 to 7 to get even more information, to connect all the dots. And immediately, uh, the parish uh, priest or was ever in charge there or somebody decided to uh, send out an advisory, I think it was Facebook, not quite sure, was brought to my attention. This morning, a rumor was spread that Curtis Lee was coming to Howard Beach this afternoon. That's true. That's not a rumor. To protest a proposed homeless shelter at Our Lady of Grace Church. Well, of course, it may end up developing into a protest as more and more people come to me personally and give information about what is to transpire in the emergency shelter that has been designated by the city of New York, by Eric Adams' administration, as uh, Our Lady of Grace's auditorium. So all of a sudden the church said, this rumor is absolutely false. In protest to this lie, please call WABC to express your outrage and concern, which you know is going to be coupled by, you've heard this before, Justin Alec. Fire Curtis Lee was suspend him, make him apologize, make him retract. Hell no. What I am going to do today from 4 to 7 is continue the deep dive. City Hall has now gone on record and denied this. Yeah, like they did before. St. John Villa, you remember that, Justin Alec? No, there will never be a, a migrant shelter in St. John Villa in Staten Island. They called me a liar. Guess what? They lied. They put it there. Before that, Floyd Benefield, remember in May? You remember that wrong way, Lou Rufino? You came to one of the rallies and you drove the wrong way. 
And they said, City Hall, there will never be a migrant center on Floyd Benefield back in May. Guess what? City Hall lied. So who are you going to believe? Curtis Lewa, who is continuing to connect the dots. And clearly, uh, the parish leadership, the archdiocese, and City Hall is getting nervous. Or do you want to believe the propaganda that they spew that, oh, no, Curtis Lee was a liar. He fabricates this. He makes it up. Because if you're calling me a liar, you're calling my wife Nancy a liar who did the deep dive. We'll see you today, 4 o'clock, outside of the New Park Pizzeria. And tomorrow, with Sid in the morning at 7.05, I'll be able to connect all the dots for you.